You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're going to continue our conversation about climate, climate change, and the way that it affects us and our mental conditions. We're going to take a look at what's happening locally around efforts to improve Detroit's environmental standards. Detroit City Councilman Scott Benson introduced an ordinance that would assess the city's greenhouse gas emissions with the intention of setting goals for a greener future here in the city. He joins us now to talk about that. Councilman, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, good morning. Stephen, thank you. It's great to have you here. Also with us is Nick Schreck, an environmental law expert and director of clinical programs and associate professor of law at U of D Mercy Law School. Nick, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, Councilman, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Is this uh, a new idea, and how did you come up with it? Well, I am the chair of the city's Green Task Force, and the members and myself have been talking about how we actually bring the city into a better standing and in line with the Paris Accords. We're actually seeing a reduction in our greenhouse gas footprint and how we can actually pay a role in helping the environment versus just doing nothing. And so we've been talking about this for a number of years, and we've been actually working on this ordinance for about three years now. Hmm. Um, And how would the city go about conducting this assessment of greenhouse gas emissions? That sounds like a pretty ambitious undertaking. And so the city conducted an assessment back in 2012, and we knew then that we were putting in about 1.18 million tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And the city as a whole puts in about 10.6 million tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And so there are firms that do this. I mean, it costs about $150,000 to actually do an assessment. We're approaching eight years now on the last assessment, so it's time to do another one. But we do have a basic metric of where we were in 2012. And so we're looking to um, to level set and do this again. But this ordinance will now set standards for us and goals. And so we're looking to be 100% below our 2012 levels as municipality by the year 2050. And and in order to do that, uh, it seems like we would have to, to put some pressure perhaps on uh, some of our industrial neighbors uh, here in the city of Detroit. Uh, that's always a little controversial, though, when you talk to companies about what their carbon footprint looks like. It is, but you, if you look at this as a partnership and not just as us imposing this and that you are now actually a partner in helping the health of the city, and if you look at what's going on down around Clink Island, you can see that the greenhouse gas impact is, is negatively affecting the city of Detroit, and people are usually um, predisposed to assist. And so the mayor has his buildings, 20, I think 30 buildings challenge, we're working with municipality to talk about how we as a city can transfer from the archaic technology of internal combustion engines to hybrid and electric plug-in vehicles. And we're going to spend about $307 million over the next five years on to refresh our fleet, including emergency and buses. We need to look at how we can play a role. But the ordinance speaks directly to the municipality, the city of Detroit operation. Mm-hmm. We also speak to citywide everybody. But we're looking to do our next assessment, and we're looking uh, for 2020 review of the citywide. But as a city itself, our municipal operations, we've, we're setting our goals until the year 2050, where we come back to be 0% below the 2012 levels, 100 percent below our 2012 levels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, Shrek, uh, talk about your reaction to this idea of assessing where we are with uh, greenhouse gas and uh, trying to do better. 
Well, it's great. I mean, I think it's a really nice step forward um, because until we have good, accurate measurements, um, it's really hard to then work towards those reductions uh, that, that Councilmember Benson was talking about. Um, so, so what we did was we, we get the number, we figure out the baseline where we're at today, and then come up with a plan for how we can reduce our emissions. And you know, things like you mentioned, uh, the the fleet. You know, the city has a lot of vehicles, and so that if we can transition those to electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles, that goes a long way. Plus, just buildings. You know, the the, the city owns and maintains a lot of buildings, so looking at the envelope of those buildings, how they can be um, more efficient and and help reduce energy that way. Um, there's a lot of things that the city can do itself. Um, and then we can start looking again at our, our uh, residential neighbors and then also our industrial neighbors. Yeah. Uh, how, how are we doing in your assessment, Nick, uh, with this overall question in Detroit? I mean, uh, this is an action alert day, I guess, for right. uh, for the environment here. That's a reminder that uh, that we have some real challenges. We do, and it is. It's an ozone action day, and that um, primarily the way that we can try and cut ozone is by reducing driving, um, not filling up gasoline into our vehicles today, trying not to cut the grass with. Um you know, gas-powered uh, machinery, that type of thing. Um, and one of our challenges here is that we, because of um, low ridership numbers on transit, we have a lot more people in their cars, and that can contribute to ground-level ozone on days like today when it when it's hot. Um, so, I mean, how we're doing in a big picture, the city's made some impressive strides in the last few years to try and, and catch up with some of our, our peer cities across the country. Um, having an Office of S Sustainability now is a really big step forward so that they can actually work on implementing some of these plans going forward. Um, you know, that was a big glaring deficit when we didn't have that office and didn't have it funded. So that's a big step forward. And then also looking at getting some actual um, reduction targets in place. Um, and then I think the, the next step would be having some enforceable targets, right? So I think the aspirational goals to have, you know, 0% emissions or whatever, or I'm sorry, 100% reduction by 2050 is outstanding, but we need to start getting some actual, you know, legal requirements in place to, to force that to happen. Yeah. And Nick and Steve, can I speak to that quickly? Yeah, go ahead. And so what I told the Green Task Force and I told the administration and my colleagues, I don't want to just set numbers to set numbers. We need to actually have numbers that are achievable. Mm -hmm. And so while they're aggressive, they're achievable. And if you look, we're not setting long-term goals for the city as a whole, but we're looking in the year 2020 to actually bring out numbers at that level so we can see what can be uh, actually obtained. We don't just want to put out numbers and put out numbers. We want this to be achievable and to get to our goal by 2050. And our first benchmark is going to be by 2024, we want to reduce um, our greenhouse, our carbon dioxide emissions by 35% above our 2012 levels. Hmm. Uh, what, have, uh, what kind of reaction have you got from your colleagues, uh, councilmen, and, and from the mayor's office? Um, for the mayor's office, um, we negotiated on this ordinance for quite some time to uh, get to a point where everybody's comfortable and we feel that these goals are achievable and they're aggressive. And if people, some people know that the mayor signed off on the 2012 Paris Accords with a number of other mayors around the country. And mm -hmm. so it's good to talk the talk, but now we're actually going to walk the walk. And so this is that opportunity. And my colleagues so far, no one's given any negative feedback. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback from my colleagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick, talk about some of the things that um, are particular drivers of greenhouse gas emissions here in the city of Detroit. I mean, I think, uh, in my mind, the industrial presence here always right. leaps to the fore, but but we're doing some other stuff that uh, that causes that as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, things like the way that we generate electricity. So, in 
the state of Michigan, but even even here in our region, we're still getting the majority of our electricity from coal. So burning coal, um, also then burning natural gas for things like electricity generation, but also for generating heat. Um, that has a, a large impact on um, you know, climate climate change and global global warming. Um, but then also just our our transportation. Again, um, we don't have high ridership um, on our transit because the transit system um, is, is limited, as we know, and we've talked about many <laughs> times. Um, so a, a lot of people in cars, um, we, we don't have the same level of uh, carpooling as, as in some other areas. So just the, the vehicle emissions continue to be a big challenge for us. Um, and so, but you know, we can, the great thing is we can fix that. We've got some opportunities. So it's really, it's electrical generation, it's heat for homes and businesses, and then it's our transport. Those are the big drivers. And transportation continues to creep up um, into be a bigger and bigger segment of overall greenhouse gas emissions from the transit sector. So as we're getting better at efficiencies in our buildings, we're, we're not quite seeing the same um, improvements in transportation. Yeah, yeah. That transit question confounds us over <laughs> right. and over again. Yeah, can I just <laughs> quickly say here, yeah, go ahead. this is also an opportunity where we can start to hold accountable some of our large energy generators when we talk about the need for renewable mm -hmm. sources and clean energy. So to move away from natural gas, coal-powered, and move towards solar and wind, which other locations have adopted, but our large energy manufacturers are shying away, especially in southeastern Michigan. So we're having conversations with DTE to see when we can get them to become more proactive and more favorable towards clean and renewable energy generation versus using some of the more archaic methods. Yeah. And that's great because, I mean, the city's a huge customer, right? A huge customer yeah. of DTE. So, yeah, encouraging them. I mean, that's, that's a, again, a, a really positive development. Okay, Detroit City Councilman Scott Benson, it was great to have you here with us for this conversation. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. And uh, Nick Shrek, always great to have you here with us in the studio. We'll talk with you soon again. Great. Thanks, Stephen. All right, up next, we are going to talk about the president's busy weekend of racist tweeting. How should we be responding when he does this kind of thing? Should we take the bait and go as low as he does? Or is there a more constructive way of responding to uh, this kind of provocation? We're going to talk with somebody who works in the space of trying to encourage civil discourse next. And, of course, we want to hear from you. What did you think about what the president said? And what do you think the response ought to be? We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.